1: Greetings! Do you like going on adventures, but not smelling like you've been on an adventure? Do you appreciate how often we reference how things smell on Dark Dice in our descriptions? Well, today we are sponsored by one of you, a fan and listener, and a friend of the show who has a small business based out of Iowa that makes scented soaps inspired by Dark Dice, called Space Ace Soaps. Space Ace Soaps creates small batches of handmade glycerin soaps that will keep you clean on the journey to rescue your child from evil or just sanitize your hands after a long day's work with scents like crackling firewood, clear almond, blackberry and sometimes just a hint of smoke or copper. Each of Space Aces' D20 soaps were personally designed and tested by the Season 1 crew of Dark Dice. And there are additional designs inspired by other shows like Medical Crew, Guardian, What's in the Crate, Sidger Group Coffee, Don't Mind the Suds, and DeBothwick Ma. So ask yourself, do you seek it? Oh, and for fellow Dark Dice fans, you also get 15% off your order using promo code SHORES, that's S-H-O-R-E-S, when you visit SpaceAceSoaps.com, that's S P A C E A C E S O A P S.com. Space Ace Soaps. Thanks for sponsoring us. Greetings, adventurers. We are so excited to finally get back to the story of our A-team, Rowena and Father Westpike. You'll find that this tale is quite a bit different from our other team's. For starters, it's a great deal darker, tonally, and there are no ridiculous moments from Balmer or Glom to pull us quite so far back into the light. This adventure follows cousins who have failed in their hero's quest, and are simply looking to survive with the burden of that failure. If you've skipped our Team B stories, welcome back to the Long Road. It's good to have you back. A large portion of this episode and the greater adventure has me, your DM, as a quiet observer as well, as the duo have quite a lot of recovery ahead of them. But know that their intended destination is equally terrible. Before we begin, three things. One, we'll be announcing a second and final game that Caitlin and I will be running at D&D in a Castle for the November 2023 block, after our game in March sold out and was actually overbooked really quickly. So, uh, be on the lookout if you have any interest in playtesting, I I mean, playing a fun adventure with us next year. Second, our Kickstarter for the Dark Dice Miniature line with Strata Miniatures was successful! A special thanks to everyone who helped make that possible, including Kathy Deadly Blonde Robinson, who doesn't even listen to the show, but whom we still very much appreciate. If you follow us on Twitch, that's twitch.tv slash foolandscholar, you can catch some of our unboxing videos, paint-along sessions, and occasionally catch me editing future episodes of Dark Dice or our fantasy adventure for all ages, The Boar Knight. Finally, I'd like to share a short trailer for one of our friend's podcasts, Backwater Bastards. The show is so controversial our previous distributor wouldn't even let us advertise them for some reason. Anyway, David Alt, the voice of IASN's Keep and myself, shared a table in Airbnb with them at MCM London Comic Con last month, and we had a blast! David and I told scary stories until ridiculously late in the morning, and scared the hell out of them but despite that fear, they're still our friends. You can actually see a YouTube video of our panel at the event, link in the show notes, and I'm getting distracted. I know I should advertise the show itself, but I think they do a better job than I can, so let's hear a trailer for Backwater Bastards. Then the show will start immediately after. Thank you again for joining us.
3: Venture Deep into the Backwaters of Space. Mint Space Station, a lawless metropolis run by gangsters, where anyone could earn a fair day's pay if they're willing. Ah, you're here for the job. Meet Cleo, a bipedal bear creature armed to the teeth.
4: Uh If I was an inch taller, I'd be round.
3: And Dr. Z, a psychic jellyfish. Now in surgery, we want to go for the heart and the brains. Join these friends on a haphazard adventure trying to make their way in cold, uncaring space. A podcast filled with adventure, action, romance, and friendship to conquer the ages. So if you want to hear more from the Backwater Bastards, search Backwater Bastards wherever you get your podcasts or visit us at BackwaterBastards.com. Backwater Bastards, the comedy sci-fi tabletop podcast.
5: Shayless Depace. Salis.
1: Do you seek him? Do you seek him? Do you seek him? him? Do you seek him? Do you you seek him? him?
6: Do you seek seek the nameless god?
1: You have found yourself among those who roll the dark dice. What you are about to hear happened long ago. A story brought back from the edge of oblivion, dutifully transcribed, and enhanced orally to better captivate your attention. Previously, Rowena and her cousin Sindri returned to Illmenor's Hope with their quest concluded, but their memories foggy. The previous days turned months began to shift, but in recognition of a promise made to a deceased friend, they departed for the local church. Dark Dice, The Long Road, Chapter 2A, Unwelcome. Silence hung over Ilmater's hope on that fateful winter day. The muted gusts of wind and gently falling snow interrupted by the shuffled footsteps of Father Sindri Westpike and his autumn-haired cousin, Rowena Granitepike, her smile all but a faded memory. In an attempt to avoid dwelling on his cousin's gaunt features, Sindri led the discussion toward other topics.
6: So, just to put this issue to rest, you remember Soren actually returning with us, right?
5: Uh... I think I do.
6: Well, I I think I remember. He was kind of chattier than normal. Maybe. He told stories to the children, I think. Elves and creatures he'd seen in the woods. What was this madness you talked about him killing himself, I think? How
5: do you think the portal got closed? What do you remember?
6: I don't. I really don't. I, I remember well, fighting Cilia. I remember... I just remember the anchor at that point. don't remember much past that. Well... But I do remember conversation with Soren.
5: I got a dagger from... don't remember, actually. I think someone threw it at me. And I made the link between that and what was possessing the girl, and I destroyed it, and Celio went with it, and we picked the kids up, we ran through the portal, and we ran for days and days and days. And it's very nice guardian of the forest helped us leave
6: guardian of the forest?
5: yeah those weird people with the masks they turned up too but she turned up and they stopped they left and she said that she'd do what she could to slow the entity down she'd buy us time so that we could close the portal there was something about an ancient king but he was obviously long gone Mm. so we got to the top and you and Aeas and the kids went to one side and he stabbed himself with this And I'm going to pull out the blade.
1: Rowena stared at the blade she now realized was already in her hand. Sorin's blade. Its dark metal giving the impressions of black veins or spattered blood along its closest face.
6: Fogast Pike's going to, like, without touching it, he's, like, staring at it, looking for, like, traces of blood on it.
1: Though its main body was clean and waxed, Sindri had little difficulty detecting traces of dried blood along its grip, setting the blade's recent history. Into further doubt,
5: um, he stabbed himself with this, and I pulled him to the pool. And Lady Cavernfall came back, and she brought him back, and we walked with him back here. But when I woke up, the girl said that I I'd, I'd stabbed him over and over, and he was asking me not to.
6: Lady Cavernfall's was there? I I think I remember seeing her kind face. She did she bring back Soren? Does she have that kind of connections with the gods? Returning the dead to life is not a miracle I've heard of, even for saints or, or for the gods. I think she did, but... I remember talking to Soren, so I do not remember Soren killing himself. That is completely missing. You are sure? Yeah. You are sure we closed the portal? It's definitely
5: closed. Well, said it was when he came back. It's...
6: it's... Even if he didn't come back, we're just misremembering things. If he didn't come back, that means he sacrificed himself to the gate. Did he sacrifice? We're safe, and that thing cannot escape, as far as I know.
5: He did. He closed. It's definitely closed. I remember that. And I also know that I definitely remembered him walking with us. He had some kind of kid's locket he'd found. I I think he was showing it to that little girl. Hold, well, Lena, hold it, but she says she remembers him screaming and asking me not to kill him and screaming my name out that's how she, she said how she said she remembers me being the one to stab him, and nobody remembers seeing Soren other than us and i I haven't seen eyes to talk to her about it, and this was in my hand
6: I don't know what why she's telling tales like this she's gonna she's sit... not... what
5: she's not lying. <sighs> She was terrified of me.
6: She was possessed by whatever that thing Celial was. Her mind is clouded, like ours.
5: Do you remember me punching you?
6: us Mike takes his hand up to his eye and is like, oh, oh, You were
5: trying to do something stupid, and I said, you've got family, I has got family. You were like, oh no, don't worry about me, I've had a good life, and I, I punched you out. I couldn't let you do it. And then Soren stabbed himself before I could do anything.
6: This feels right, what you're saying, but I don't... I don't know.
5: Yeah, I I think the only person who might who might... I and I. I haven't really had a chance to chat with him since our walk. I've... I've just been too tired.
6: I remember... You're right. I... What you're talking about makes sense. The gate closed. You and Soren were arguing. I was arguing with you. Yeah. You, you were not taking no for an answer.
5: Right, like I said, you two have families, we don't. It was our choice, not yours. So, I punched you out. He did what he felt he had to do in that moment. At least that's how I remember it. And the thing is, we can't trust our memories, Sindri. We can't. We don't. So much weird stuff happened down there. I I don't know what's real and what's not.
6: I know what's real.
5: All I know is I have this blade and, and that girl is terrified of us.
6: Father Westpike takes the blade away from her, grabs it out of nope. her hand.
1: Nope, 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 nope. Oh,
6: he's holding nope. on to the blade side now, and he has nope. his nope. hand clenched around it.
1: Rowena was quick to pull the dagger away, but found unexpected difficulty in keeping it distant from her cousin. The two made eye contact, and their glare softened.
5: This is my burden to carry until we figure this all out. I need you to respect that. Don't take this.
6: Rowena, listen to me, girl. I don't know exactly what happened, but I'm sure we can clear it up. I have lived for many centuries, and my memory is full of holes. I sometimes feel like entire years are missing, but all of the moments that are important to me are still there. You came to Ilmater's Hope now three months ago, and I have been fortunate enough to spend all of that time with you. You are not crazy. You are a good person. You do not want to hurt people. I don't know where these ideas are coming from, that you you are hurting people, but it's wrong. All of it is wrong.
5: I don't feel like a killer.
6: Yet.
1: With shaking hand, Rowena returned the blade to a sheath on her belt. Before her and Sindri, the old church quietly brooded. Its ancient hollowed stone walls, now defaced with graffiti and marks of defecation, the windows they'd worked so hard to install were all broken... The ancient wooden doors that Sindri had spent the summer repairing, bearing hateful words carved in common. The most prominent read, Not these gods. Never again. Come on,
6: let's go do good deeds. It'll help cleanse the soul.
1: Father Westpike's dwindling confidence was snuffed out the moment he passed the thresholds, taking untold stress damage as his teary eyes fell upon (laughs) the vandalized home of his lord, the God of Light and the suffering god that was popular among the humans of the Bright Vale. The stained glass, broken like Lord Alluvian's body. The missing ornamental features. The void where once a marble statue of the Morning Lord had stood. The shredded banners. The empty space that once housed a bronze relief and hundreds of candles. This was a terrible atrocity. The main pews had been replaced with cots, hay, chairs, and tables where seven figures slept. It was too much for the old man to take in. His home, his work, his passion, reduced to a drug den. As tears slowly fell down his cheeks, his eyes focused on the only light in the darkness, the sinister orange glow of a pipe, doubling in his swimming vision to mimic the hateful glare of a devil. A woman with unbecoming posture quietly sat atop the remnants of an overturned pew near where the pulpit once stood, glaring at the cousins.
5: Uh, course... Doing okay? We can come back later if you want to. Oh,
4: look what we got here. The self-righteous heroes finally bring their ugly heads back to the home. I got this. Ah, fuck. I bet good money that old Jess pipe was dead for sure. Oh, that's rich coming from your house in. This is Sindri's home and this is a house for gods. What are you doing here? I'm smoking here, Clearly. But more importantly, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be dead. Bukes, you can see her too, right? I'm not just I. I see her. We came to fix the church.
6: Father Westpike looks to Rina through his tears and, like, just shakes his head.
1: As Rousen flashed a grin, her crooked teeth seemed to almost resemble Fang's.
4: We came to fix the church. We already fixed it. You and your gods took our children and left.
6: We did not come here to repair the church. We came here to help the people that need help. And Father Westpike is walking towards her.
1: Rowson's posture shifted slightly as she moved the pipe to her other hand to get a better look at Father Westpike from atop her overturned pew, a cruel expression still masking something more sinister beneath. Uh,
6: he's gonna get, like, within, like, a comfortable distance, and he sits on a piece of broken wood. His clothes don't touch the dirt of the ground, but it's touching the dirt of the wood, whatever it is. And simply says, We came here to give any assistance that we could to you, the people. This town has abandoned the church and I understand the unfavorable ones have sought refuge within these sturdy walls. I do not come to fix the church. I understand it's beyond... I came here to help you if you want any help.
4: Fine, I'll take twenty gold.
6: He's going to look her up and down. Does she seem to have been bruised, hurt, or like have any open scabs or wounds?
1: Rowson, the half-dwarf Sindri knew, even in the best of times, not to be his friend, had seen better days. Mm. He could not confirm if she shared the general stench that now occupied the church, but her nose was red from sneezing, and her cold eyes were unfocused.
6: Gold cannot fix what is wrong with you, or the people that seek refuge here, Rowson.
4: Oh? You sure about that, eh? Well, I got a better ask in mine then. But I'm not entirely uncivil. You can ask anything you like before I make my ask. Didn't you want to ask me something?
1: Eh? No.
5: I would like to incite her. Is she in any way hostile towards him with what her question is about to be? Nate?
1: Those six seconds felt like an eternity for those who survived what happened next. As Rousin began to step toward Father Westpike, her hands moved either for balance or, more likely, in the ritualistic manner of spellcasting. A hissed whisper crept from Rousin's lips and ceased that same moment as her mouth was split open at the cheek. And a flash later, the grip of a dagger lay wedged into her cold, lifeless heart.
6: Rousin! Rousin! I'm going to heal you. By the light of the gods, please let this one live. Please accept the power from Selicon."
1: Let us power you,
6: Rousin. She's dead.
1: As the body was brought to the ground by the old man, Rousin's dying spasms brought her face into an unnatural grin, making direct eye contact at Rowena and winking before falling limp. Rowena pulled her blade and threw it against the far wall as blood spurted from the wound over the hands of a quiet Father Westpike who was temporarily in shock. As stress levels rose once more... They became aware of seven additional figures in the room, the lights in their eyes slowly sparking to the color of Rowson's burning pipe as they stirred.
6: Father Westpike stumbles to his feet. He reaches for a warhammer that is not there.
5: Why did you not carry your hammer? Why would I be carrying weapons? We're in town! We're in town? Surrounded by drug dealers! What's wrong with you?
6: Are you telling me you have no weapons? I I can't imagine Father Westpike walks around with weapons.
5: You were using a bloody warhammer. You're using it as a walking stick. It's by the door. Quickly. Thank you. We don't have time to talk about this right now. But I just saved your life, and we need to do something about them. And she indicates the other monsters in the room that are waking up.
6: They are sick. All of these people are sick.
5: You can't always cure evil.
6: For well, the rest, Pike is about to argue, but as he sees the creature start to move towards them, he'll grab Rowena by the hand and start running for the door.
1: We need to go now. Right. Sindri and Rowena fled the church, slamming the large door behind them. Father Westpike leaned against it and stared at the ground, trying to figure out what to do next as movement and raised voices were heard from within. Rowena grabbed Sindri by the wrists, pulling him back to the moment.
5: We have to move. Okay, if you're not going to move, at least move so I can barricade the door with this. Uh whatever the fuck this is. And after she does the first one, she just grabs another piece of wood.
6: Nope. no. These people. A follow us. grabs the like wood out of her hands and throws it to the ground. Yes, let's. Where do we go? This is. Uh,
5: you. Well, let's not be here. You saw them.
6: They are sick. They don't. They're not
5: evil. Sick doesn't make your eyes glow yellow. Sick doesn't make your eyes go red. It doesn't make you want to attack people like that. She. She wasn't. She was going to kill you.
6: She. She probably wanted to kill me if I heard her correctly, but.
5: Uh, Open the fucking door. <sighs> We can't be here.
6: <sighs> fine, fine. Let's go
1: back to the inn. Glancing back at the door one final time, the duo sprinted toward the inn. The wind seemed colder somehow, and faces both scowling and curious followed their progress from behind broken shutters and cracked doors. They slowed their pace to a walk once the inn came into view, and arrived to find the door slightly ajar. Thank
7: you, we will continue Inside, they saw
1: the same tan skinned human from earlier, Nettard, who was seated with a stern looking dwarf. The men were speaking with odd, her head tilting up from a warm mug of something sweet as the door opened, the burning skin around her ruined eyes twitching. Hello. We're back. The dwarf appraised Rowena and Sindri, his face shifting to a scowl before breaking the silence.
7: Quite the story she tells.
1: Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I understand the child believes her dreams. The dwarf stood up, a warrior by the looks of his build and posture. He bore a full beard leading into a crew cut accented by scars, though his attire was not fitting of a city guard. He seemed to size up Sindri, strategically keeping his hands free.
7: I don't think we've been properly introduced. I am Nyx Hellshield.
6: Nice to meet you. Nix. I am Sindri. Sindri grabs his hand and, like, kinda like, maybe a little bit too hardly, like, clenches down.
1: Nick's returned the favor.
7: I don't know how to say this, so I'll be blunt. We've been hearing stories about a couple of things that happened on your... adventure. So we're gonna need you to stay in town for a few days while we sort it all out. More specifically, you need to stay here in the inn, since there's no proper jail. All right. I would also like to tell you about an incident. Yes, we
6: know. No. No, it's something else. I foolishly went, went to the church to try, to try to help the... the sick. They, they got quite upset,
7: and someone was hurt. I don't know if they followed us or not. It doesn't seem like they did, so we'll sort it out later. For now... I need you to just go downstairs. Oh, are you rowing a grenade pike? Hey. Interesting. So you're not dead?
5: Last time I checked, why?
7: There was a bounty on you. Expired maybe three months ago, but... You know, you can never be too careful. <laughs>
5: uh, a uh, 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 bounty? Why? Who, who from?
7: It was some months ago, but I think... I think your father is looking for you, or maybe an aunt or an uncle or something. I think it was your father. It wasn't like they want you dead. I think it's just they want to make sure you're alive.
5: Shame that bounty run out, right? You'd be a rich man. So there's no need to go telling them now, is there?
7: Well, I'm sure they'd pay for information about you being alive. Unless you'd pay more for me not to tell. But I doubt you have that much coin on you. Anyway, I'm a man of the gods, so I wouldn't lie. There are so many punishments for liars.
5: Aye, that's true, and I wouldn't want you to get into any trouble. So, sure, tell him if you must. He knows roughly where I was anyway.
7: Nah. Well, anyway, I'll have some questions for you and bit. I need you both to get down there before you cause any more trouble.
6: All right. Father so Westpike, like, looks at Odd as he walks past her. <sighs> Kind of like trying to understand why she's telling these stories, as if he does not believe any of it.
1: Father Westpike attempted to communicate with the sightless girl, briefly forgetting that she could not see him, before attempting to gain insight into her emotional state, noting that she was scared, flinching with each step he and Rowena took toward the door. Yet, he could find no malice in her.
6: All right, uh, Father Pike walks down the stairs to the room.
5: Did you say your name was Nyx? Yep. Have, have you spoken to Ayas?
7: Yeah. And while he didn't paint you in a particularly bad light, his story was different from yours.
5: Okay. Um, well, uh, I'll, I'll go down and, and wait for you to... Mm-hmm. Uh, she kind of like does that thing where she, like she's backing out the room, going downstairs, but, like, banging into tables and chairs on the way down. <laughs> She'll make her way downstairs.
1: In the warmth of the basement fireplace, Little Gunther watched with curiosity as Sindri assembled his gear, his shield, his hammer, and began to put on his armor.
5: What What are you doing?
6: I don't understand what is going on. This, this place, this town... Sindri, stop. No, there's... We can't we, leave. I, we can't stay. I know we can't... There are lights being pulled about us, and... I don't know that they are. They are?
5: I don't know that they're not. Excuse me...
1: The young boy smiled at Rowena.
2: Hey, little one, what's going on? I got there. Hello, I I appreciate what you did, and I know you guys are good good guys. I, I know you are, and I I I want to help you out. Odd doesn't get it though.
5: I'm gonna drop down to one knee, someone like roughly the same height as him. It's like you'll help us by just telling telling the truth. You know what happened to Soren. I know it might be horrible to talk about, but...
2: He was a bad man who got what was coming to him. Thank you for all of it. All of it?
1: The boy gently nodded.
2: Because I helped him to close the portal? Yeah, you helped him close the portal. I I just said it like that. You, um, helped ease his suffering. You know, after the trap. Okay,
5: just... when that gentleman upstairs asks you, just tell the truth, okay? don't need to... I don't need to lie to protect anyone. You just tell the truth. That's more important than anything. Okay?
2: Listen, I already know Odd said some stuff. And I think they believe her because they're trying to... One of them said they don't want a priest of Seligon here. And they're going to try to make Father Westpike go away. I know you wouldn't let that happen. So they'll probably make you go away too. I think maybe we should just go... I can help. I can make a distraction.
5: No, no, I don't want you to get in trouble. If they want I won't us, I not get
2: in trouble. I can,
5: I can just knock something over. No, okay. You've, you do not need to lie for us, and you will not let you lie for me, okay? I, I won't
2: lie. I'll just knock over some
5: ink.
6: Noise.
2: I do it all the time. Dad doesn't let me play in the house because of it. <sighs> Didn't. It's okay. We've got this, all right?
6: Rowena, listen to me. This child's beliefs were good. He believes that we are the people that we are. Let him help. Let him remember that he helped.
5: She will nod and look back down and was like, "Okay, then, you can help us."
2: Awesome! Thank you. Okay, here's my plan. I'm gonna go upstairs and play dragons and knock something over, and then I'll knock more things over while I try to help them pick up the stuff I knocked over, which I'm very good at. Mom says the gods cursed her when she was a teenager, and that's why I'm so good at it. Then we can meet up outside town after, and we can go to meet my parents in Strathman's Hold. I, uh...
6: Right. Your parents moved there while we were gone.
2: Aye. Um, look,
5: we might we might be traveling there, but you should stay with Ayers for now, okay? Really? We'll make arrangements to have someone come get you, but you should stay safe for now. What we're doing could be very, very dangerous.
6: Gunther, do you know how to write? Nope. Alright, uh, Father Westpike's gonna sit down and get a inkwell and a quill out. We are gonna write your parents a letter from you, and I will deliver it to you.
2: You'll really do that?
6: My travels take me far from here. I need to contact some people I know, but I can send this letter once we reach Auden in a few days.
2: Thank you, Father.
6: Uh, Father Westpike's gonna sit down, he writes whatever the kid says.
2: Dear Mom and Dad, Yeah. I'm fine. Father Westpike and his friends rescued me, Odd, and Baron from the mean men. Awesome. They're dead now, the mean men. And I'm in Illmitter's Hope with Ayas the innkeeper. Please pick me up soon. His food is terrible. <laughs> but he's not a bad guy. I miss you. Love, Gunther.
6: That's everything.
2: Thank you, Father.
6: You're welcome, Gunther. Father Westpike looks to Rowena. I'm sorry, are you comfortable with traveling to Strathman's Hold with me?
5: Where you go off,
2: follow.
6: No, no, no. Where you want to go, you go. Do you want to go with me?
2: I thought you were from Westman's Hold. Why are you going there?
6: I am, but I can't return right now. There is... There are people there that are looking for me. I... I think my best plan is to... <laughs> he looks at the child. Wait, I'm not supposed to tell you my plan.
5: This is why I handle the talking and you handle the hitting. <sighs> what would you do without us? Go on, kids, you go up, but give us just a few minutes,
2: all right? We've got to get our stuff. Okay, I'll eat some bread. Mm. Then I'll make the distraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe eat sort of slowly, so we've got a few minutes, all right?
1: The boy swiftly ran up the stairs with a spring in his step. Glad to be part of the plan.
6: Father Westpike's gonna real quick stretch the Star of the God of Seligon on a separate piece of parchment And he's gonna bless it, and he's gonna shove it in whatever backpack Gunther has Morning Lord, son of the Eastern Stream Lane Please watch over and protect this child of the light There Do you have everything, Rowena? What I'm
5: wearing, and... Yeah, I've got everything I need Where are we going?
6: We're taking the main road north to Auden and from there to Strathman's Holt. I know of a man there that trades regularly throughout the First Iron Mountains. He might have some news of my wife. I need to make sure everything's okay. It's been much too long that I heard anything, and I was already worried before I left on the trip, and now it's been eight months. It's,
5: it's okay. I'll put my, my hands around, like, just on his arms. It's okay. Calm down. We're going, we're going to Westman's, right? We're just passing through Strathman. I-
6: Not necessarily. What do you mean? I trust Pia to do the right thing. If everything is going fine there, if there's no turmoil, I have no reason to return. I have no reason to put them in danger.
5: But I can go. You could. Then I will. Even if your family is fine, they're still not fine. You told me that someone was threatening them, that they they might be hurt if you tried to return or see them. We've got to save your family from that threat. So we can go and talk to people and get get people to give us information. We can do that. But without seeing it with your own eyes... Didn't you get some kind of letter?
6: Yes, from Cole, or... The man who shot him, the Nameless God. His letter claimed that I've lost everything. It feels like more lies and trickeries by the gods.
5: And how do you know that what people have been telling you so far ain't lies? There's only a few senses we can trust. And words from other people are not things we can trust right now. I mean, we can't even trust ourselves right now, but other people? you kidding me? You've been gone for what? You said nearly a century? You can't just leave her. You can't just leave your kids.
6: She is a greater person than I am. She can raise those children without me better than she could with me around.
5: I'm gonna slap him. You have been a better father to me than mine ever has. And you were worried that your kids... You told me that nightmare about your son growing up evil. You need to go back there. Now. So we're going there. We're going to get your wife and your kids out. And I don't care if I have to drag you kicking and screaming to do it. I'm not going to see someone who's been a great father to me lose that on his own kids. Don't do it. Don't break that from me, okay?
6: He looks up. He has like a... His cheek is welling up red. And you can see tears in his eyes.
5: I'm going to put my arms around him.
6: Thank you, Roanna. He just buries his head in your neck.
5: Hold <laughs> on. Whilst he's distracted, can I try and plug
4: the caltrop on him again?
1: And just like that, a single caltrop made of bone was in Father Westpike's pocket that gave him advantage on death-saving throws.
6: Father Westpike quickly tries to regain his composure.
5: I wipe his Tears away with my hands. Wait, that's, uh... That's our signal. Okay, we have a very quick choice to go. Either we go, or we leave them a note telling them that we just accept it, don't follow us, don't worry about it, we won't come back.
6: Let's just walk out. We're done here. Just walk. Just walk.
1: The team would require stealth rolls on their walk.
6: That's a
5: one. Long... I didn't do any better.
1: DM restraining his laughter from the double ones, a perfectly timed reference to the Lucky Die podcast. Father West Pike slipped on one of the stairs in his way, out, bumping into Rowena, who hit her head on the wall. Both of them took one point of bludgeoning damage and reached the top of the stairs. Gunther had somehow knocked over a cabinet that was previously filled with unbroken glass. Nixon and Nettard were cleaning spilled ink in one corner, while the sound of footsteps and a second set of pursuing footsteps a floor above them provided cover for their escape. However, the shattered glass, difficult to see in the dim light, crunched loudly underfoot, catching the attention of Nyx, nettered and awed.
7: And where are you going? For a good long walk.
5: The sort that means we ain't coming back here.
7: No chance in the hells. Not until we finish our investigation.
5: Your investigation will probably find that I'm in trouble, and you'll probably use me to see that he gets well shot of this place. So, save you some trouble, we're just leaving.
7: Murderers don't get off with exile in the Bright Whale. You'll find the punishment is significantly harsher. Well, Spike, like, puts himself, like, not in front
6: of Rowanna, but, like, he's standing, like, a pace in front of her between the...
5: (laughs) She's not gonna stand for that. (laughs) She would just stand up next to him. (laughs) Ugh,
7: you idiot. It is with the full power of Baron Stroll that I sentence you both to be arrested. You've done some terrible things in the Dead Pines. And I intend to prove it and have you bled to death for your crimes.
5: How many people are in this room?
1: Rowena saw Nyx, Neddard, Odd, and now Gunther, who was embarrassed because this is the first time he'd ever failed at being loud and breaking things.
6: The one thing we asked you for, kid. The one thing. Father Westpike's gonna look the man in the eyes and he's gonna use his overwhelming age as a key here. He's simply gonna go, boy. We are leaving. Anything you do to us would not bring about any more peace for this town. We brought back three children
7: out of the thirty that were lost. This does not erase the accusation that you murdered someone in cold blood. That's a story is lies. He sacrificed himself. He was a good
6: man. I believe Soren walks the woods, hunting the Silent One. Maybe one day he will return and tell you the true tales. Until that day, you are not harming me and you are not
7: harming my cousin.
1: Warhammer in hand, Father Westpike required an Intimidation roll.
7: Twenty all in all. I don't know that I can stop you, but here what's gonna happen. If you step outside, I'm gonna get the rest of my boys together hunt you down. I don't care which direction you go. If you go north, Sir Captain Willard Osmark will catch you. If you go south, we got friends there too. If you go west, we'll get you. And if you go back in them woods, Maybe the witch there will get ya, but if you step past that door, nowhere will be safe, and we'll see you both bled to death for your crimes. This, I swear before the gods.
6: O.S. Pike turns around and walks out the door without another word.
5: I look the guy square in the eyes.
1: Nix returned the glare.
5: So you say you're a man of law, right? So you know that you'll only be hunting one of us.
6: If you live with him... He's
5: not an accomplice.
6: At this point, Father Westpike has opened the door and is standing, like, with the door open, looking back into the room.
5: He had nothing to do with it.
7: I'll be the judge of that.
5: Well, when you've got the storms to come and take on Lady Granite Pate, you can come find me.
7: Was that an admission of guilt?
5: She's going to turn around and smile like, I don't know. I thought you were going to be the judge of that. And a cast of vicious mockery. Uh, You take three damage. Or rather, this dick takes three damage. Psychic damage.
1: As Rowena turned, a victorious smile on her lips, a crossbow bolt sailed by her, planting itself into the building across the road. She turned back to see Nyx reloading the crossbow he pulled from behind the counter.
5: I blow him a kiss, and then we leave. (laughs) We leave. We leave very, very, very quickly.
1: Oh, yeah. Another bolt went wide of the duo as they ran north, in the direction of the Frost Iron Mountains. Nix did not pursue them, but it was clear that he would likely be seen again with his soldiers, and soon.
6: Yeah, we're gonna approach the stables. So, Rowena, I know barely anything about horses, but I hear they can be quite fast.
5: <laughs> Don't worry, I'm sort of nobleish and I took riding right lessons about 15 years off and on. So, does not seem to be anyone in here.
6: Ooh, five of these horses are already wearing the, uh, the horse rope, horse clothes.
5: It's called the bridle.
6: Bridle. This should make things a lot easier. So there are five
5: bridled horses and three more that ain't wearing horse clothes. Uh, how many did we want?
6: I guess it was about to steal five <laughs> horses.
5: Maybe we ought to just take one or two at most. We don't need all five.
6: What about four horses? Like two each.
5: Do you really have the gold to pay for this? Because I don't... I don't know, I've got much.
6: Father Westpike throws 70 gold, 17 gold coins on the ground and says, It's all I have. Well, not counting what little we can use for food.
5: Right. Okay.
6: And yeah, Father Westpike just kind of just throws the gold pieces on the ground where the horses were.
5: I will chuck three gold to round it out to 20. (laughs) I feel like an asshole not rounding it to a number.
2: Alright, um,
6: Rowena, can you, um, lead the horses...
5: Yep. Shit, that's the guards. All right, I'm, I'm going to let the other horses out to be a distraction real quick, and I'm going to cut the remaining saddles so it'll take them much longer to catch up to us. we got four out of the town, seven horses after all, so let's just slow them down some.
6: Do you need to borrow
5: a plate? N- no, but uh, thank you.
1: Rowena cut the saddles using the blood-soaked dagger before sheathing it once again. She found the task easier now that its thirst had been quenched.
5: Excellent. I do not tell him that.
1: Rowena led her cousin and the four horses north, riding quickly and praying that they would not be pursued. Dark Dice, Chapter 2B, Unwelcome, featuring Jeff Goldblum as the Silent One, Ithor Vitharson as Father Sindri Westpike, and Ham Cleveland as Rowena Granitepike, also featuring the voices of Erica Sanderson as Rowson, Florian Seitler as Fuchs, Timur Yakhalov as Nick Selshieldt, Lonnie Manella as Gunther, and Travis Vengroff as Dungeon Master. This episode was produced and edited with sound design by Travis Vengroff. Mixing and mastering by Dane Leonardson. This episode featured music by Stephen Malin, Brandon Boone, and Travis Vengroff. To support this production and get access to bonus releases, music, world lore, art, and early access to future adventures and D&D materials, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram as Dark Dice Pod. This is a Fool and Scholar production, thank you for listening.
8: You've probably heard the name Mary, Queen of Scots, and maybe you know the importance of her legacy to the British monarchy, but how much do you know about her life and what she was really like? For instance, did you know that she preferred to have her eggs scrambled, or that giving gifts was her love language? In my podcast, Vulgar History, we'll be talking about all that and more during an eight-part mini-series about the fascinating life of Mary, Queen of Scots. Vulgar History is a feminist women's history comedy podcast where we don't shy away from the messy, complicated lives of women from the olden times. Particularly with women in history, it's easier to use broad strokes to portray who they were, and it's like we forget they probably also had messy lives, complicated relationships, and maybe things weren't as black and white as they might seem in a textbook. But...